Joining me right now is UFC Bantamweight rising contender, Corey Sanhagen. What's going on, Corey? What's up, man? How are you doing? Not as good as you, man. Three fights in the UFC, three outstanding finishes. Has the last year been something you envisioned or expected out of yourself? Um, no, I thought it'd take me a little bit longer to get into the UFC. Um, I knew that when I did get into the UFC that uh, things were going to happen really quickly because I've seen that happen to a lot, of, a lot of fighters that are kind of around my same skill level. So um, I envisioned that, but uh, it's kind of weird having it all happen too because, I mean, you, you go so long wanting to be where you are and then, uh, as it's happening, it's a little bit strange, but yeah, it, it's cool. Obviously, I'm really happy with everything. Your last fight, UFC Brooklyn. When you started your camp, you're getting ready for Thomas Alameda, and then three weeks out, you change to John Lineker, and then uh, I think about a week out, you change to Mario Batista. What uh -huh. did you learn from having so many opponents, you know, change throughout that time? All of them were kind of like. Uh not too far outside of the realm of like what is normal except for kind of John Lineker so when Almeida got canceled because Almeida is kind of just a kickboxer he's a very good kickboxer but uh he doesn't do anything like crazy or uh he doesn't have a weird body type or anything like that so um when it was Almeida it was cool yeah like just normal training not, not too many things that, that we need to really look out for when it switched to Lineker though that was a little bit like all right like this guy's only 5'3 five, 5'4 five, he he has his own style he's, he's a brawler which you have to be able to get used to too so um i was pretty grateful actually that the fight got switched over to bautista not that i i, I feel not that i was confident uh in my ability to rise up for that but fighting someone like that I, i'm really glad that i have like an eight week camp and in, in order to kind of like prep for that because it's, it's different so and then mario was kind of the same as just like a, a, another normal kind of kickboxer so um, the only change that made kind of an impact in the training was Lineker, and now that we have eight weeks to get ready for Lineker, it, it's, uh, I feel a lot more confident in that. Yeah, in that fight against Batista, you know, all those changes didn't seem to affect you that much. Your performance was basically flawless. If you could criticize anything about your performance, what would it be? Not too much. I think that, I mean, obviously mistakes are okay to make in a fight. I think that I uh, acted in an appropriate way to all of those mistakes. The one thing that I was super proud about uh, of myself in that fight was I went into that fight not really feeling the greatest as far as like my body being awake. And uh, I think maybe just when I was refueling, uh, I was having some issues too, um, putting the weight back on and stuff. So um, I was happy with my ability to kind of like ignore all of those feelings and just be like, all right, like it don't really matter. Like you still need to fight this guy, whether you feel good or not. And you need to go put out the same performance that you were going to per perform doing, um, whether or not you, you felt great or not. So I was really happy with like my ability to like overcome those things because those are kind of like things that break you before the fight. Yeah. I feel that that kind of separates the, the top elite guys from the guys in the middle is even though you're feeling flat before the fight, you still go out there and perform well. Do you believe that? Oh, yeah, man. It happens all the time. And uh, now that I'm a little bit more uh, mindful of it, too, um, in practice, I, I still find that, like, even on days when I'm feeling great and I'm feeling amazing, some days, like, sometimes those, uh, those days are just as bad as uh, when I'm feeling sluggish or slow or whatever it is. And then on those sluggish and, sluggish and slow days, um, I perform at some of my best uh, in the training room too. So like 
I, I've learned that like really none of that stuff really matters. Like you just got to go out and like trust that your body's going to do what you've trained it to do, and um, and that's about it. I saw that you injured your nose in that fight. How was the recovery process? Because it seems like you're like Wolverine. Um, yeah, so uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I mean, I have to baby my nose still. I, I think it's been like 10, 11 weeks or whatever it's been. But they wanted me to fight Lineker pretty much as soon as I could. So I, I told them that I would fight. This is the earliest that I, I uh, was able to as far as like getting cleared and stuff. So um, I got cleared and all of that. I still have to baby my nose. I think it'd be a little bit silly to still take big shots on my nose. So I've just been wearing my headgear. That's really the only thing that's too different. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of babying it and, uh, it's not giving me any problems now, but I mean, if it breaks against Lineker, I'm kind of anticipating that a little bit beforehand. So if it gets popped good, it's probably going to break. But if that's the case and whatever, you know, just keep it moving. (laughs) Yeah. I guess in any fight, you know, your, your, anybody's nose can break at any moment. So it's not like a big deal entering the fight, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it'll only stress you out if you let it stress you out. Like, it's not like he's going to not be trying to break my nose anyways. So, uh, it makes no difference to me. What differences do you see entering this fight against Lineker the second time around? Um, I'm glad that I get a ride like a wave of confidence uh, from that last fight. Um not that I wasn't confident before, but it was uh, it felt a little bit uh, quick to me. You know what I mean? Where um, it, it just seemed like things were happening a little bit faster than anticipated. So, uh, and I wanted that. I remember saying in the training room when we got Lineker and I was training with the shorter guys and stuff. And, uh, we have a couple guys specifically, uh, Miguel and Daniel, who are really, really good training partners for Lineker. I remember thinking to myself and saying to my coach, like, Man, dude, I wish we had two, three more weeks to get ready for this guy. Um, so that was really nice that I got the full camp for that. And then also I get to ride kind of this wave of confidence where it feels like I just got done fighting. I just went through like the whole fight week, everything. So everything I think is going to feel very comfortable. But um, like I said, feelings are just feelings. And like maybe this one will be very nerve-wracking for me. But um and, and I don't really know, but uh, as far as, like, ability to beat him, I feel very good with what him approaches have to come up with. Yeah, you seem, you know, you're always cool and calm and collected, you know, in <laughs> interviews, during the fight, after the fight, before the fight. So I'm pretty sure, you know, the confidence is really high. Let's say you go in there, you finish Lineker. It puts you in an interesting place in the Bantamweight division. Do you see yourself going on Twitter and calling guys out? <laughs> uh... That's not really my style, but uh, I have no problem calling people out. If, if it's a fight that me and my coaches want, then cool. Um, I don't think that we've really been in a position where I needed to call anyone out yet. Uh, maybe this will be the one where I, I need to. But uh, honestly, I think that the UFC really likes me. They like my style, and uh, I think that they would be very happy having me as the champ. I, I know that I think with some of the guys uh, with a little bit slower styles and not as exciting, they, they don't really care to – to boost those guys up as quick as they can because they're not very entertaining fights. They're not going to sell a lot of fights. So I think I'm in a good place with the UFC. I'm putting on good performances. And uh, when it comes down to it, uh, that's the only thing that's important. Um, well, maybe not the only thing, but that's one of the huger things that that's important. Um, but I do think that after this fight, uh, depending on how me and Lineker and like 
if I can get a really sweet finish and me be one of the first people in a long time to be able to finish Lineker, um, if that be the case, and I definitely think that I'm jumping jumping the ranks even quicker than I am now, where I could be looking at a contender fight after this one or not. But um, if me and Lineker kind of go out, and uh, I don't think it's going to be a slow fight by any means, but who really knows? Um, if it's one of those types of fights where it's a little bit slower, it goes to a decision, uh, and it wasn't as decisive in my favor, um, then I could see it not pushing me as quick. But if I get a finish against Lineker, I definitely believe that I'm getting, I'm getting very, uh, I'm getting that belt really quickly. The reason why I asked you about the Twitter is because now in the bedweight division, a lot of the guys at the, you know, in the top five, top ten, they're on Twitter just bickering back and forth. Are you watching what's going on? No, dude, I don't follow Twitter, to be honest. It's, it's like a little too much for me. I don't really use it. I haven't used it in a long time. I actually was talking to someone the other day about how I should be using it a little bit more because I do notice that I use Instagram a lot, but um, I do notice that in like a lot of even the Instagram posts, they're just like uh, screenshots of the Twitter. So uh, I'm thinking about using Twitter, but also, man, like I'm one of those guys that doesn't even like to look at his phone that much as is, so... Uh, I don't know. That would. It just feels like a lifestyle change a little bit. But if it's a sacrifice that I have to make in order to uh, make some money and get some fights going, then then I'd be willing to do that. But uh, no, I'm not really caught up with all of that stuff except for like the screenshots. But uh, it seems like a crazy world that Twitter world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the bantamweight division. There's a lot of mix up. There's a lot of you know, rumblings and shakings happening. You know, TJ Dillashaw, somebody that you know very well, he gave up his belt, you know, because he was suspended by the New York State Athletic Commission. When you saw that news, what was your initial reaction to, you know, everything that was going on? Um, I don't really know. It, to be honest with you, it didn't catch me too much off guard. Um, I know that, like, steroids are in the sport. I wasn't sure if TJ was using steroids or not. Um, I, I'm not sure how prominent they are now. I know that kind of back in the day before USADA, there was definitely a lot going on. But um, now with USADA, I, I really trust USADA. Like, um, I know that they're finding like really, really small traces, amounts, and things where like even I'm super nervous. Where I'm like taking a scoop of uh, my dextrose or something like that, where it's like. There could be a little piece of grain of something illegal in this, and I, I, I could possibly get in trouble, you know what I mean? So uh, I really trust that USADA is doing their job. Um, but uh, if anyone ever gets caught doing steroids, I think it's a good thing, man. Like, they're, they're cheating, you know, in a sport where, like, we're causing a lot of damage to each other. In other sports, like, I, I, I could care less if people are using stuff to be able to jump higher and, and put their head above the rim so that they can slam dunk higher and, and, and entertain in that way. But, like, I mean, man, like, getting knocked out is a very serious thing, and um, and uh, it, it shouldn't be taken lightly. And people that are cheating in order to uh, put themselves forward in a sport where we're trying to cause brain damage to each other in those 15 minutes, you know, uh, I don't really have a, a ton – a ton of uh, respect for that, and I think that if they are cheating, then yeah, they should get caught and they should get the full sentence of whatever their whatever their uh, sentence should be. Yeah, you mentioned about the supplements. You know, sometimes you can take tainted supplements, and 
a lot of people and the results have not come back about TJ and a lot of people are attacking you know him and his accomplishments do you think that it, it is a little premature because the results have full results have not come out uh maybe I mean I don't really know what it is either but it's got to be some kind of serious if he's just willing to give up the belt I know personally if I ever got caught doing uh like a something slipped in and there was some tainted supplement or whatever like uh, I know personally, I would be very pissed. Like that would be my first response to the situation. Um, but I'm kind of a, a little bit of like an overthinker and like an overanalyzer and like an overworrier and that in those types of things anyway. So like, I always kind of like play in my head. Like I'm like, oh, like, like uh, this might be a little weird, but it's kind of like uh, comparing it to like an STD test, you know, where like. Uh, no matter no no matter how safe you've been, or no matter all the precautions that you've taken, like you're still a little nervous when you open up that those <laughs> results. You know what I mean? Uh, so um, that's kind of what it is for me. Where uh, uh, I, I don't I don't know if it's premature. Or not. I I think that he must have been doing something kind of serious if if he's willing to just give up the belt just right off the bat. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. That's a great analogy. I never thought of that. Yeah, it is like an STD test. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. And, like, I, I I usually don't, like, stress out about too many things. But now I have, like, this, like, like constant fear. Because, like, that's always what it is every single time. It's always, like, oh, I took a tainted supplement or, or like, whatever. That That's almost always. So, and in my head, I'm, like, well, shit, they might not be lying, you know? Like, they might actually be telling the truth. And, like, if that happened to them, then that could very well happen to me, too. And once you're labeled that, you're kind of labeled a cheater. And uh, and I'm not a cheater. And it just it, it's like a little stupid here in the back of my head. But I do what I can. I, I do the most. And uh, I do the most I can to stay away from all of that BS anyway. So um, if that happens, then, then it is what it is. And it's a tainted supplement. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's just weird that I have to like worry about that stressor now, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's completely understandable. Now, because of all of that, the title is vacant. UFC 230, uh, 238, Marlon Moraes is facing Henry Cejudo for the title. With all of these contenders in the Bantamweight division, is it fair to give Cejudo the title shot? I don't like it, man. I don't really like the fight, one, just from like the... Uh, like a fan's perspective, uh, I don't really see like really the point of it. Like I, I know that like TJ was a champ for a long time, uh, so it kind of made sense. But Marlon hasn't even gotten really like his crack at like a few of the guys at 135. So uh, I think that Marlon hasn't really. I, I know that people know who Marlon is, but he hasn't really gotten like a real chance to show his skill, you know, and like kind of knock off a few guys at that 135 division before he's before he starts talking about, like, uh, fighting Suhudo or Suhudo fighting up. And also, I think it kind of throws a wrench in both of the divisions. I'm, I'm kind of against the whole uh, the whole double champ thing, and, and I'm not in that situation yet, so I don't really know, like, how I would be in that situation, too, where it would be something that I would desire as well. But for me, that's a thing in boxing and in kickboxing because there's weight classes every six or seven pounds. But uh, in MMA, I mean, you're tying stuff up a long time, uh, just for these like double championships and stuff, and uh, to me, it's taking bread from someone else's plate a little bit. Where uh, the, I think everyone should just stay in their weight classes, unless it's going to be, unless it's going to be a situation where, um, 
where it is like a really huge fight, but this one I don't really see as being a really huge fight and uh, just ties things up. I think it makes things stale and uh, I'm not crazy about it. Would you be interested in a so-called super bantamweight division? Would that be something yeah, sure. that you would be open to? Yeah, I think that it would be cool. I mean, like boxing does it. It, it would make for more championship belts too. Uh, it would make for in, instead of the UFC just having to be able to throw just uh, one championship belt every show, it, it could be um, it could be where you're almost throwing like two or three. You know, um, I don't really know how that would work with pay stuff, but uh, yeah, I would love to see weight classes every five pounds. I think that that would be cool, and it would give more opportunity uh, and make more things interesting for like people going up and down and, and, and it wouldn't be too crazy. Like, uh, I think that that would be nice, you know? All right. One last thing before I let you go, you know, you're in deep into your camp, you know, what is, what is on your playlist? What music are you into? What gets you pumped up? What artists are you, you know, listening to to kind of get you revved, you know, up in your camp? I only listen to J Cole really, man. <laughs> uh, his new album. I really like all of his old stuff. I really like, but, uh, I, I'm not I'm not crazy about like kind of like the new rap style and stuff. So um, really, all that I can like bear to even listen to is just like J Cole. <laughs> <laughs> all right, April twenty seventh, UFC on ESPN three, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thank you for your time, Corey, and good luck to you, man. Heck yeah, man! Thank you for your time.